Uh, so we've got Michael Karianis is joining us now live to talk about that. such news. Morning, well, good morning. I was on I was on breakfast with Michael the other day. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. Good so afternoon. Good no, afternoon. No, you never know. Mate. We might be saying good morning to him. He might be talking to us from Europe. I hope so. I hope not. I'm going to do breakfast again tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so tell us. Fine. How are we, fellas? Yeah, Very good. Thanks, good, Michael. Good. How are you? Uh, breaking news at the West Tigers. Talk to me. Yeah, so Scott Fulton, the head of recruitment, was told today that his position um, is no longer uh, there. He's been made redundant. Um, and that's part of the, the massive change that has happened at the West Tigers in, in the last couple of months. Obviously, before Christmas, we saw Lee Hadjipentelis, the chairman, and the rest and majority of the board gone. Justin Pascoe, the chief executive, gone. And uh, this is just a, another uh, step towards... Um, all these changes that have, that have been occurring at the West Tigers over the last couple of months. So, Michael, for the non-rugby league fanatic, and there's a lot of people that are listening that are not, they love their rugby league, but they're not fanatics. Can you explain how this is all occurring? Like, how is it? Like, a, a lot of the questions I get asked from my football friends is, oh, I listened to the other day on SEN and I heard about the West Tigers. So, how is these people allowed to come in from the outside and sack the people that are already there? So, can you explain? Like, you know, is, is, is it a privately owned club or the NRL? Explain the like, yeah, what's going on. There, there is an ownership of, of the West Tigers, and the majority of shareholders, the Holman's Barnes Group, which is in turn West Ashfield, and they made the decision after undertaking a, a review during during the season that things needed to change, and, and the massive part of the change was a a shake-up of the board, which saw, obviously, Lee Hadjim Patelis gone, Barry O'Farrell, the former New South Wales Premier. Its chairman, once again, he had a short stint in charge of the West Tigers a couple of years ago, but he's back. And Justin Passer, the long-serving chief executive, was replaced by Shane Richardson. And yep. um, that's part of a, a massive shake-up that lays to, you know, bears fruit again today. So who's the owners again, Michael, did you say? The Holman's Barnes Group. So they're... Holman Barnes the Group. The West... At yeah. Yeah, yeah. The West Ash own the West Tigers, essentially. I have the majority stake of the West Tigers. Right, okay. Yeah, so there that's the leagues club in, uh, in Ashfield. In Ashfield. Um, in Ashfield. Yeah, MC, yeah, they, so got a few, they got a few premises, but yeah. Ashfield. So, so Fulton's been sacked as recruitment manager. Does that mean that he potentially wasn't the driving force behind bringing Jerome Luai to the club? Because surely you don't get this huge marquee signing and then get sacked the next day. Oh, I think um, the, the Jerome Luai negotiations were, were started under the old regime right. and continued on. But Benji Marshall was the driver. Okay. There's no doubt. And Benji Marshall obviously was part of the, you know, affiliated with the old regime and, and remains in charge as head coach. So the discussions were well advanced. And then Shane Richardson closed the deal along with Benji Marshall, uh, you know, last week. And there was talk that yeah. Benji Marshall and Scott Fulton weren't on talking terms at times, did they bury the hatchet or is this just this feud continued and this this is the the new administration backing Benji over Fulton? Yeah, you can read into it what you like, Miss Ol, but <laughs> okay. take, it, take, take it as read. If Benji Marshall was a fan of Scott Fulton, Scott Fulton would still be in a job right now. Oh, I thought so. I was, was going to say, it's, it, it's a very... Look, in our game, we've gone through several changes, but I could not imagine someone like, uh, say, Ron Atkinson, Sir Alex Ferguson, having what they call in our sport a, a football director they whereas a lot like, of people yeah. yeah because they would they would feel as though it was undermining them so yeah. i was going to ask michael at the start of that you know in terms of scott fulton like what does a player recruiter do is it more for juniors but obviously it's not the only thing i i would i would suggest and look i can understand that from both look because a lot of clubs 
in our sport turn around and say, look, listen, we just want you as a manager, i.e. coach, to coach. Go and worry about that, yeah? And we've got a football director who you want to talk. Those two people, if you have them, they have to get on like a house on fire because if yeah. not, you're going to have absolute issues. Whereas other, other organisations are happy for the manager stroke coach to do everything, to do the recruiting. But look, the bottom line is this, is that you know majority of football clubs will say, like especially the big ones, uh, I want a new centre-back. Here's my five choices. Here's one, two, three. And you go and speak to those five because you want to get the best price for yourself. Some things might be possible. Some things might be not. Um, but if you're going to coach that player, you've got to be, just like Michael said, so Benji's been a, you know, the, the big sort of mover and shaker with this Jerome Luai. I'm sure that would have played a massive part, along with the money, in recruiting Jerome Luai. Yeah. So I reckon it's basically sort of come and say, do we really need this if this is what our coach is going to do? I would have thought you would have needed more for the juniors, Michael, mm. rather than the senior player. You know, to go, you know, go and get the best junior. This, there, there's, you know, there's a guy called... Uh, you know, James Magnuson, he's only 15. He's playing out in Penrith. Go and see his parents and that. Make sure he signs for us when he when he's able to. I'm sure he would have been in control of that as well, wouldn't he, MC? Yeah, the, a lot of clubs do have a head of recruitment. It just depends on the makeup of their structure. Shane Richardson's a real footy-orientated chief executive. and He's got lots of experience um, in terms of running clubs and setting up uh, player pathways and roster development and stuff. So they don't actually need that sort of position under okay. Shane Richardson, so but yeah. some other CEOs have a better business acumen or, or, or largely a business acumen. So they need someone in there to, to be that overseer to ensure that the salary cap doesn't get out of whack. So, you know, if the coach is gone next year, that in three, four, five years time, the club isn't paying for sins of the past. So yeah. a lot of clubs do have it. It's not, it's pretty common now in rugby league. What's next for Scott Fulton? He's had two rather tumultuous ends to his last two contracts of employment um mm. is, does that spell the end for him in an nrl sense well you touched on it he had a, a messy split from from manly yeah as well but one thing with scott is um he's identified a lot of good talent you look at that that manly side and he's had a hand in recruiting a lot of those mm. um you look at the west tigers um samuela and latu finu um a lot of clubs were in for him and if it wasn't for scott fulton's influence they don't end up at the West Tigers. Yeah. Time will tell if they've been good recruits or not. But what does that, it mean does for those have... players that he brought to the West Tigers then? Well, that's an interesting one. Miss all they got, you know, he, he signed Jaden Sullivan. He signed Farnu, uh, two young halves on four-year deals on, on, you know, half a million dollars plus a year. And then they go and sign Jerome Luai. Mm. So, you know, what does it mean for him? I think there'll be a shootout over the next couple of months to see who partners Jerome Luai. And I think... For the other one, or they might be out the door. Mm. In terms of Scott Fulton as well, like sometimes, you know, like I said to you, uh, you know, sometimes if you learn from your mistakes, it makes you better for your next job. He's obviously got a yeah. lot of experience in that as well. But I just think it's a case of, you know, does the current manager, I believe, I'm a great believer that the manager, when I say manager, I mean the head coach, coach. Yeah, yeah. is basically, with the exception of the CEO and, and the chairman, is is a sort of like, is the main man because it's his name and his job that's really ultimately on the line. Yeah, big time. Uh, in right. terms of, you know, what does that mean going forward as well? This is why I believe that all sports in Australia, not just rugby league, have got to bring back transfer fees because if you've got an unhappy player that, that you just spoke about those two halves that Scott Fulton assigned mm. and you've got Jerome Luai coming in. So if you've got one of them who's un unhappy, but he's still got two years left of his contract, why can't the West Tigers turn around and say, listen, your chances are going to be limited here, but we've had an offer from Parramatta 
for, for you to come in. We've accepted their offer. It's up to you now to go to talk to the club. He still doesn't have to go, yeah. but it's still an extra form of revenue if he does want to go. And Parramatta pay the West Tigers. Parramatta would pay West Tigers, say, 600000 and yep. he would do his own deal, you know, subject to obviously yeah, passing a right. medical and so forth. Yeah. What That's, do you think yeah. of that, MC? It, it does happen on a very, very small scale, a very small scale. So say if you wanted, you know, it happens at the junior level uh, for players that are, uh, are developed and, and then they get sort of pinched, but that's obviously not a lot of money. And then at the top level as well, we've seen very few occasions in the past where, you know, a player wants out of a, out of a deal and the club's like, well, you know, we're not going to let you go unless we get a player or financial settlement. Mm. But it's very, very few and far between and, you know, we're not talking massive amounts of money. No, but you started off somewhere. So you might even yeah. start off at 100000 There was this, this, you know, the incident with the guy at the Dragons. What's his name? Um, ben Hunt. Yeah, Ben Hunt. Yeah, so that's a great example. He wants yeah. to leave. Okay, yeah. you got a year and a half left in your contract, buddy. You did sign the contract. No one's put a gun to you here to sign of a contract. Mm. you got a year and a half left. We'd like you to stay, but let's see if we can come to an arrangement. If wherever you want to go, if they're willing to pay money now, they can have you now. If not, the next year and a half, it's going to be difficult because we know that you want you to leave now. It would just, it would just restore a lot of balance to the to the player stroke club situation because that's what you want. You don't want a player to be denied opportunities, but you also don't want the club to be hoodwinked and just because all of a sudden somebody wakes up one morning and says, you know, I want to go back and leave here. I want to go. Back. They they shouldn't have to be sort of punished for that either if they've done everything right by the player. Yeah. Just one other question for you, MC, while we've got you. Um, the Broncos announced that they're looking at putting Selwyn Cobbo to left centre next year, which opens up mm. a wing position. I was thinking it was going to be Dean Mariner who got that centre position, but is there any early word on who's got the running for that wing position out of Corey Oates and, and Dean Mariner? Yeah, I, I'm with you, Miss. I thought it was going to be Dean Mariner who, who was going to start um, to replace Herbie Farnworth, but uh, Kevy threw a curveball yesterday and said, no, Selwyn Cobbo will, will get first crack. And, you know, Cobbo is such an exciting young player as well. So it's been good to see him get his hands on the ball a little bit more. It can be wasted on, on the wing at times. But no, I think it'll be a shootout now between the rising star, Dean Mariner, who we've heard lots about the last couple of years, and the veteran Corey Oates, who, who found his way out of the side. Kevy also said Jesse Jesse Arthurs will, will keep one wing spot. So showdown between two guys at either end of their careers. Mm. There, there you go. go. All right. Thanks for giving us the scoop, MC. Uh, thanks, Michael. Get some sleep because you'll be up with, well, I imagine the alarm will have a four in front of it somewhere. Why? It's, def it's definitely got a four. Breakfast it's got a radio. four, unfortunately, but we'll see Breakfast. how we go. Oh, come on, buddy. Come on. Actually, yeah. forget about sleep. You guys should come straight in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the buzz away. Uh, I'm, I'm listening now. When's he on? When's he on? When's he on? Tomorrow morning, breakfast. <laughs> what time? From what time? 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Oh, I'm up. I'm up, buddy. I won't even ring in. I'll tell you what, if you're not onto it, Mike. Oh, I'm ringing in. So I'll be on. I'll be on. Oh, I will see. Anyway. I'm going to hit you. Everywhere. I'm going to come from everywhere. I'm going to be like Mike Tyson in the late 80s. <laughs> All right. Thanks, MC. All right. Enjoy the early way. Thanks, MC. Thank you. Bye.